All right, good morning and welcome to Cornerstone. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Caleb Sizemore. I am an elder here. Uh, Mike is actually out of town. They're heading towards the beach right now, but they've been in a mission trip all week, and he wasn't going to be able to speak anyway, so he asked one of us to uh, speak, and so today is, is the day for me. Uh, so today is actually pretty cool. We get to start a new sermon series today. Uh, one Another is the name of it. This, uh, this series is based off of the statements in the Bible that kind of encourage us to interact with one another. Uh, one Another speaks of this togetherness, a mutual activity or interaction that we have with our church family. <clears throat> uh, God, uh, sorry, God's, God's people make up the church. But if we're not loving and serving one another as God has intended us to do, then we're not really acting like the church. So we need to love one another, honor one another, forgive one another, submit to one another, teach one another. One of my favorites is fellowship with one another. I love coming here on Sunday mornings and talking to people. That's just one of my highlights of the week. We're also to admonish one another. That's one of my least favorites, but it's something that we're called to do. And also encourage one another. We need to work together to build up this church to be a better church. We also need to build up the community outside the church and ultimately the world. And it starts with us. So hopefully, as we go through this series, my hope is that you will see how important it is for God's family, the, the, the body of Christ, how important it is for us to live our lives together and with one another. Uh, today, specifically, I'm going to be talking about encouragement, encouraging one another. And, you know, we've all been through those discouraging times. I know about eight years ago, uh, I was 29, we left our church that I'd been there my entire life. And it was extremely discouraging because of the way it happened. We, you know, I was, I think I was helping in six different sections of, of our church. You know, I was doing the, the sound and, and the video. I was, I was a deacon at the time. Uh, I was also helping with the youth at nights, but my favorite part was that I was helping with the youth in the mornings. I was actually teaching Sunday school, and I'd done this for about three years, and I loved it. I loved being able to learn and in, interact with the kids on my own with my own message, and it was just so much fun. But overnight, that was uprooted, and the way it was uprooted, it just discouraged me, and I was sort of wondering, you know, should I even be a teacher? Should I, should I even work with the youth? Is this just not where I need to be? But uh, soon enough, we ended up going to a few other churches, obviously this being one of them. We went to Christ Chapel for a little while. But we went to First Baptist, and at the time, uh, Sam Bartlett was the preacher there. And he caught wind that I'd helped with youth before, and they needed some help with the youth. So he uh, came up to me, he, or I think he brought me into his office, and he said, you, do, do you want to help with the youth? And, you know, I was like, sure. I mean, I guess I can. I mean, I, I enjoyed doing it at the other church, but I'll, I'll do it. So I ended up helping out, but eventually, not too long after that, they asked me to teach. And... I, I was a little leery of doing it because I, I just, like I say, I was just discouraged. Now, it's just mainly in my faith, it, or it, it was more of a spiritual discouragement. Uh, in my family, at work, and stuff like that, was pr it, it was fine. But I just, I didn't know where God wanted me to be. But I started teaching, and it wasn't too long after I started teaching, 
uh, there was one night that I was, I was, uh, I'd taught the kids and, and I'd got done. And there was this girl that came up to me, and what she said to me encouraged me so much. It built up so much courage in me because I was, I was kind of down and out. But she came to me, and she said, you know, you are such a good inspirational speaker. And personally, I don't find myself to be that inspirational or encouraging. But something that I had said, something that I had done had encouraged or, you know, given this girl some motivation and I thought, this is exactly why preachers and teachers do what, they wanted, that, what they're doing. They want to lift people up. They want to encourage people. They want to inspire people to stay in church, to stay with God. And the youth of this generation and my generation, I know they're falling away from the church in great numbers. So we want to encourage. We want to motivate them and inspire them to stick with it. So her saying that just gave me so much encouragement. It built me up. I'm like, maybe I am in the right place. Maybe I am doing what was right. It's just amazing to me how powerful an encouraging word can be. Which brings me to my first point. There is power in encouragement. Going through discouraging times is extremely hard. We all go through them, whether they're big, small, it doesn't matter. But discouragement can really hurt us. Even in the Bible, there's uh, some of these giants of the faith that we talk about. Moses, and, I mean, these are extreme uh, points, but Moses cries out to God, if, you, if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. Talk about discouragement. Elijah, when he was chased off by uh, Queen Jezebel, and went out into the uh, wilderness and sat under the, I think it's a juniper tree. I don't know why they point that out. But he, he, he just says, I've had enough. Take my life. I will never be as good as my uh, ancestors. Uh, I mean, we could also talk about Job. I actually didn't bring him up first service. I mean, look how bad Job and Jeremiah were. I mean, they even cried out, why was I ever born? I mean, talk about the discouragement in their, in their lives. But just because we are this way, you know, we're going through these discouraging times, does not mean we need to stay this way. Encouraging one another is something that we are called to do. The, the Bible points this out a few times. Uh, Paul points it out in 1 Thessalonians 5, 10 and 11. He says, he died, being Jesus, he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. He's calling it, encourage one another, build each other up. Encouragement builds us so well. We need people to give us this courage. Uh, the, the verse that we're actually going to stay in just for a little bit longer is Hebrews chapter 10. And the author here, all the way through Hebrews chapter 10, at least uh, from uh, verse 1 through 22, what he's trying to do is encourage his readers to, to follow Jesus and not the old covenant, the old law. And uh, he starts off by, by saying things like this. It's like the, the old covenant was only a shadow of what Jesus accomplished. The shadow is the old covenant. He's like, quit embracing this old covenant. Start embracing the one that cast the shadow. Embrace Jesus. Stop falling for this other stuff because a lot of the people in the church at that time were kind of falling back to their old ways, the old sacrificial system. He said the old covenant couldn't take, could not take your sins away, but through Jesus our sins are taken away. 
Jesus died once for all. Uh, God, God doesn't remember uh, our sins under the new covenant. They're washed away. They're cleaned. And he also brings up Jeremiah's uh, prophecy where uh, God says, I will uh, put the law in your heart, in their heart, and I will write it on their minds. It's amazing to be able to look in the Old Testament and see how Jesus was portrayed even from back then. Jesus, Jesus fulfilled these things. But then he gets to uh, verse 23 through 25, and this is what it says. He says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day approach. Now, there's four things I want to pull from this real quick. First of all is, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that is, in, is the hope that we profess. Right here, I, I can't help but read this, and, and, you know, when I read the unswervingly, I, I think of driving. And I, I don't know about y'all, but when, when I'm driving, I hope that y'all do this, I try to stay in my lane. That's where we're, you know, that's where we're told to stay. But... I mean, what if we start swerving off the road into the ditch? And, oh, oh let's overcorrect, and, and let's go across the other side. You know, people are dodging us, and we fall in the ditch. No, we got to stay in our lane. And that is what he's saying here. He's like, God has a path for us. Stay on that path. Be unswerving. Don't be driving into the ditches. Uh, the next thing, uh, number two, and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. We need to be able to, uh, actually one of the versions that I, I read, uh, actually instead of saying spur one another, it actually says encourage. But when I read spur, I think it's really cool because I kind of think of a cowboy. And, you know, he's got his spurs on and he's, he gets up on his horse. And that horse is so motivated when those spurs start digging into his side. And it'll probably do whatever you ask him to. But we need to spur one another, not literally actually, metaphorically, just in case y'all are wondering. We need to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And this love that he talks about, it's the agape, you know, the, the type of love that Jesus has for us, the, sacri uh, the sacrificial, the un unconditional type love. It's a love that sets us apart. This is what we need to spur one another towards, sway one another to, to do, motivate one another towards. Um, the next one is actually one of my favorites. It says, not giving up meeting together. Like I said earlier, I love coming to church to meet with the, the body of Christ, the, the people with the like-minded like believers that have the same, that share the same faith as me. I love doing that. And when we are here, we can do the next one, which is encourage one another. And think about it, encouraging one another not to swerve off of, out of the lane, to stay with the hope we profess. We encourage one another to love and good deeds. But we can't do this if we're not meeting together. We need to be together. We need to be the body of Christ. We need to come to church. So many people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You might not need to come to church, but it makes you so better. I love coming here and getting encouragement from my family. Encouragement is so important. Even the small comments, like I said earlier, the small comments can make the difference between success and failure. But where are we getting our encouragement from? 
Are we getting it from church? Are we getting it from our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we getting it from good information online? Or are we getting it from the world? Because I can promise you, the world is eager to give you so much of its wisdom that will drive you away from God. Uh, One of the things that I see a lot now is that people are convinced that their sin is not really sin, that it's just them being them, that God made us this way. But that's a lie. We're not to, we are not to embrace our sin. We need to be encouraged to fight these desires that are within us. As a church, encouraging one another with biblical wisdom brings power to the body of Christ. It motivates, it strengthens our will to fight through the fear and the heartache through pain and suffering, through our sin. We need to be able to fight, which brings me to my second point. We need encouragement for our battles. In 2 Chronicles 32, I love this story. If you haven't read it, I encourage you. I didn't encourage the first, uh, first group, but I encourage you to go and read this one chapter. 2 Chronicles chapter 32 in this, we read about Assyria, this, uh, this huge empire. It was the baddie of the time. It was the, it was the great empire of the time, ran by Sennacherib, the king. And they had already, if I'm not mistaken, they had already taken over the northern kingdom of Israel. And now they were coming down to the southern kingdom of Judah. And they had infiltrated in, and Hezekiah was the king of Judah. And he was in Jerusalem, and uh, that's where Jerusalem was in Judea, or Judah, sorry, Judah. And instead of Hezekiah getting fearful and, and running, being discouraged, he's like, okay, they're coming. This huge army is coming. We need to, we need to cut off the water because they don't deserve it. We need to fortify our walls. We need to build weapons and, and, and uh, shields. We got to build this place up. So that's what he does. He gets his people. They they come together. They they cut off all the springs around the city. They they fortify the walls. They start building them up, and then they they, they build the weapons and shields. But then he knows that there's no possible way for this for Israel to win if they're not fortified within their soul. So this is what he says to them. Uh, He brings them all together in verse uh, 7 through 8. He brings them all together and he says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Syria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. Uh, With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to, uh, to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah the king of Judah said. I would actually love to hear the entire speech that he said because you know we just get this little snippet. But one of the things is that they did gain courage, that God would help them in this fight. And if you haven't read this story, like I say, it's really cool because Sennacherib just sends these people to discourage their military. He sends letters just blasting God and blasting military, blasting the king uh, Hezekiah. And eventually it's like God just has enough of it, and it says God sends an angel and wipes them out. I mean, talk about how amazing that is. It's just one of those cool stories in the Bible. But uh, when it comes to uh, fighting, we all have our own battles. I mean, whether it's with your friends or your family or your sinful desires that you've been battling for years, we all do this. 
Isn't it so encouraging that, to know that God is here with us, for us in these battles? Now, Hezekiah and his military, they had a physical battle, but what we have in our generation is a spiritual battle that we need to fight. We need to fight this good fight, but not alone. We can't do this alone. That's why we need to be a church. We need to be together. We need an army, so to speak, but not a physical fighting army, but an army that is full of courage and love and passion and long-suffering and joy, not against the lost or our enemies or the people that hate us, but for them. That's the difference in the love of Christ. That's the difference that we are called to. Having courage right now is so imperative when it comes to the spiritual conflict that we're in. And these conflicts can easily lead us to discouragement. I know I've been in conversation with atheists and agnostics and people that have different faiths in in the past, and it can easily become discouraging because they may say something that sounds so intelligent, that sounds right, but then later it's like, are they right or are they wrong? And, And fortunately, I always find that they're obviously wrong. But encouragement in these times is something we need. It's an uphill battle, and we're going to be rejected. We're going to be mocked. We're going to be ridiculed. And luckily in this country, we still have a lot of freedom. But in some countries, people are tortured for the, the word of God. They're, they're killed. They're, they're put in jail. They're, and they're thrown out of their families for their belief. And in these times, Jesus has something to say in John sixteen thirty three when he says, in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has conquered sin and death, and we should take confidence in that. We should be encouraged by those words. But if we're not encouraged before we go out, fear can easily creep in and, and shut us down. Our strength can easily fade. But I tell you, when it, when it comes to the church body, when it comes to people in their faith, it, it's so encouraging to know that our brothers and sisters are there for us. Which brings me to my last point. We need encouragers. We need people to pull us out of this slump, to help build our faith in God and in ourselves. We should encourage each other to be better disciples of Jesus Christ. Some of this is easy for some people. It, for me, it's not easy. It's not easy for me to encourage people. There's something about it. I always kind of psych myself out. I want to give somebody an encouraging word. And when I get there, it just doesn't seem to fit. And I'm like, yeah, I just won't do it. I don't know. There's something about it. I'm always afraid to encourage people. It's kind of a weird thing that goes through my mind. But for some people, this is so easy. And it actually comes out that encouragement is a gift. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, Paul tells us that we, we have different gifts. And one of these is encouragement. I'll, I'll read the entire thing. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us, to each of us. If, it is, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is, to, if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is... Uh, giving, then give generously. If it is lead uh, to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Encourage 
encouragement. Some people have this gift. One of the best examples in the Bible is Barnabas. Barnabas, uh, most of y'all have probably heard the name, but his name is actually Joseph. But he was given the nickname uh, uh, Barnabas because that actually means son of encouragement. And we see that he was a really good encourager. He ended up encouraging the church early on to accept Paul when he went through his uh, conversion to Christianity. He, he persecuted the church. I mean, we, we think he killed people. He, he, he tried to destroy the church that Christ had started building. And here, the church was afraid of him, and Barnabas was able to tell people, Hey, listen, listen. Paul is who he says he is. He encouraged them to bring him in. In Acts 11, chapter, uh, or sorry, Acts chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, we hear of an interesting uh, story about Barnabas where there was a big boom in Christianity in Antioch. And uh, at this time, you know, Jerusalem heard about it. Well, I'll, I'll read it. It says here about this, you know, this growth in, in Antioch. It says, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all of their heart. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. We need more people like Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit full of faith, people that are willing to go, people that are willing to do. These are things that we need. We need more people like Barnabas. But me saying this doesn't mean that we're not to be encouragers as well. It doesn't say that only the gifted are to encourage one another. No, it calls everyone. It says, encourage one another. It puts nothing else on it. We are to encourage each other. And encouragement is best given by those who share our faith that we can trust and that we love. In closing, I've got to say the power of encouragement can strengthen us through our battles, but we need each other to build our courage. Going back to uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, when it says, spur one another toward love and good deeds. This spur gives us, you know, the idea of encouraging one another. We need to encourage each other toward love by our love. We are also to, uh, we are also to love one another. This is one of the, the uh, one another's in the Bible. We are to love one another as Christ loved us. It says in John 13, 34 and 35, it says, A new covenant, or sorry, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And like I said earlier, this is not a worldly love. This is agape. This is the type of love that Christ had for us. If we love one another like Christ loves us, people will see it. They will see something different within us. When we go out to the world, they will know that we are uh, Christ's disciples by the way we love one another. It also calls us to uh, uh, one another, you know, to encourage one another toward good deeds. There's so many things to do. There's so much work that needs to be done today, and I feel that the church is falling behind. 
uh, there was a there was a man that I, I I used to listen to. I don't listen to him as much anymore by the name of Kent Hovind, and he always had this statement. He's like, "There's so much that needs to be going uh, needs to be done. Everybody needs to find a need and fill it. If you're not doing something, find something to do because we need you. We need people." encouraged, out there spreading the gospel, helping the church grow. We need to go to the world because, yes, we need to encourage one another, but we also need to encourage the world with God's word. We need to go out, disperse, and share the love of Christ with everybody. But it starts here in the church with us encouraging one another, loving one another, and supporting one another. And at the pray, uh, I'll pray while the band comes up. Lord, thank you for such an encouraging word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy you showed to us, Lord. I pray that through uh, our church that we can become more encouraging to one another, that we can get through these uh, fears, these problems, these discouragements in our life, Lord. I pray that we can help each other through that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.